And here we are. Welcome to Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where we highlight an artist and its art every single week. I, today I have a very special guest here. You're going to love her pieces. But before we get started, a few announcements. You're watching this live. Whatever you're watching, we are live right now. So we are live for a reason. We love your interaction. Anytime you feel like asking a question to our guests, please do so. You basically have two ways of doing that. Depending on where you're watching, you have a comment box or a chat box. Use what you have below or beside the video to submit your questions. My team will get it and I'll receive here on my tablet and I will be able to ask her and she will answer directly to you. You know, this is a very unique opportunity, so take take a chance on that because it is fun. You're going to see that you help us shape this podcast. The other thing is if you can take a second and, you know, leave a like, after the interview, if you like, you can leave a comment or a review, leave some comments there. All those things help us show more to other people. And all we are doing here is really highlighting an artist. So that's a very cool cause that you should be part of. You can also share this on groups. Nobody's going to sell anything here. It's content only. So you can share on your social media groups as well. And share to your friends, share on your profile. Because, you know, it, when we talk with artists, we see uh, the richness, not only ab about what they create and how they create, but their life stories as well. And you can always inspire somebody by doing that, okay? And don't forget to like our page, Creativity in Focus on Facebook as well. So you do get notifications every week when we come back here. Okay, so we now begin our interview and my guest is, let, let me, tell me if I say your name right, Jenna Benzon. Jana Benzon, yes. Benzon, okay, yes. awesome. Jana Roberts Benzon. Either which way. one? Which one I, do you like um, more? Uh, uh, Jana Benzon is a whole lot easier, <laughs> yes. but a lot of people know me by the full part. But I, you can just call me Jana, and I will answer. Okay, <laughs> very cool. And Jana makes amazing polymer clay pieces. I'm going to give you a glimpse of what she makes right now. We are going to show her pieces, and we are going to go in depth later on these pieces. But take a look because it's really phenomenal. It's amazing how realistic your pieces are and how fun. And you make decor items and jewelry and it's right. just fantastic, Mostly right? jewelry, but uh, occasionally I'll do some kind of decor item. Okay, right. before we dive into the pieces itself, tell me a little bit about yourself so people can get um, to know you better. Well, let's see, I live in Salt Lake City. <laughs> And I am a mom of three sons Ooh. who are all married, and I have two new grandchildren. So that's nice. the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> uh, I am. You have Grandma fool. Day. I am a fool for that Grandma. Is there Grandma Day? Uh huh. Oh, every day, every day. is going to be Grandma Day. If, if, yeah. <laughs> so so I do that a lot. I love I love to hike mm -hmm. uh, the mountains here, um, and. Uh, if I ever have time to read, I love to read, but I don't usually. So I listen to books on tape while I work in my uh -huh. studio, and that's how I get through my books. <laughs> that that's interesting. Have you changed your habits concerning reading? Because I have to tell you, I was a bookworm. I used to read three, four books yep. a month, but really now it's the same thing. Is I have those. 15, 30 minutes that I put an audiobook and go through because yeah. I don't find the time anymore. I don't have time. I used to read. I, I actually read a whole lot more, <laughs> even though 
it's, I don't know, people tell me, yes, you can technically call it reading, even if you're listening, yeah. but uh, a whole lot more now than I did before because I just have never had the time, mm -hmm. but I have always just been a voracious reader. So that's, uh, that's very cool. I love to learn. And tell me, what was your first experience with art? Oh boy, uh, uh, being four years old and going outside in the yard and finding a quiet, cozy spot under a bush and making fairy furniture out of <laughs> leaves and uh -huh. feathers and bark, whatever I could find. Uh -huh. That's really my earliest, yeah. So I did a lot of foraging for my art supplies oh, really? as a young kid <laughs> and uh, swiped bars of soap and out of the bathroom and carved them with a butter knife uh, to make sculptures. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made shoes when I was seven out of a plank of wood and leather. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's where it started. <laughs> that's very cool. And what was your first experience with polymer clay? Uh, well, I had uh, run onto it uh, because I've always loved, you know, malleable things. Mm. I did salt dough, you know, that kind of stuff way back in the day, 70s. Um, and so when polymer clay, when I saw it first in the craft store decades ago, uh, I bought the Fimo brand, which is known to be a little bit stiffer, but mm -hmm. I knew nothing about how to handle it. So I didn't get very far with polymer clay then. And then it was actually about 15, well, it was October. Uh, it was Halloween of 2004 uh, that I really found it and oh. it changed my life. Uh -huh. So. About 15 years ago. 15 years. And you're a full-time artist now? or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah to tr teacher and artist. Yes. That's very cool. Yes. That's very cool. Yes. And remember, this is a live podcast. So if you have any questions for Jenna, please use the comment box or the chat box, wherever you're watching. And I'll ask the questions uh, directly to her. Now, let's talk a little bit about the pieces that you brought. So first, okay. the ones we have on the wood panel there. Yeah. The, the three yes. little guys? Little guys, yes. Okay, first tell me what they are. Okay, well, um, they are all three brooch pins. Uh, uh, brooch, brooch, you know, tomato, tomato, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and they are all really uh, earthy nature based. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing that I, wanted to accomplish when I first found polymer clay because I'm such an outdoors person is that I wanted to be able to create something like this um, mm -hmm. that has the mushrooms, the pine cone, the birch twigs, but I just didn't have the skill set. And so it was a couple of years ago that I finally figured out how to do it uh, using just the colors of polymer clay and not paint to achieve oh, so the different all, details. Only polymer clay? Only, only polymer clay. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's, there's no paint involved at all. So uh, anyway, I, I use lots of different techniques to make these different things and to get these really fine grasses up here in this kind of fantastical little, I call it a still life is the name I gave that one. Uh -huh. This one here uh, over on the other side, far furthest from me, um, I call it strata because the uh, lines that you see in it really have the um, feel of the strata you see down in, in the southern Utah and, and Red Rock region of, of Earth uh -huh. and really the lines. And that yes. was kind of the inspiration for that. That's phenomenal. Tell me, how long does it take you to make uh, one piece about that size? Uh, well, 
<clears throat> all told, what something like that would, you know, there is always prep work, you know, mm -hmm. and 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 so I would say four hours mm -hmm. if I needed to just sum it all up, you know, okay. into right, right. Okay. Uh, so that's a, yeah. that's that's phenomenal. Now tell me one thing. You 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 told me you like to hike and you hike around Salt Lake. Yes. Do we have many mushrooms? We do. We do, because it's such we a dry weather. A, we, it, 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 right, but up in certain areas, we really do, and we have a, a great variety, and there are mushroom clubs here mm -hmm. in town, uh, in, in, in Utah, and several here, I believe, right in Salt Lake City. Wow. I keep saying I'm going to go join one and uh -huh. go out mushroom hunting <laughs> yeah. uh, sometime, because I, love to, I would love to do that. But yeah, I actually know of an event coming up. Oh, you do? I think next, yeah, because... Oh. Well, mushrooms, they are very important for your health as yes, well, right? Yes, so yes. I'm kind of a tree yes. hugger. I'm a so tree I'm always too. looking into natural oh, stuff. And we need to go out together yeah, sometime. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just don't know how to forage them. To, right. Right, but right. if you go with a group. Now, yeah. you said that, yeah, well, a couple of years ago, you figured out how to create this hyper-realistic look right. just with the polymer clay, right? Right. right. Uh, before that, what were you doing? I re when I started with polymer, I really jumped into cane work because that was just magic to me. Uh -huh. And um, that was the first thing that when I saw it in a book on Halloween of 2004, and the, you know, the thing that jump-started everything, um, that's what I saw was cane work. And I was like, what is this <laughs> magic? So I really jumped into doing that. and. Um, poured myself into learning everything that I could and, and you know, recorded a, a pretty long DVD on the topic and, and, and uh, developed my own little ways of doing caning mm -hmm. and reducing a cane. And so I really focused on that for the first several, several years after finding polymer. Um, and then I moved on to doing what I called my cut work. And that's some of the work that you'll see in my pieces that you can see there's lots of cuts and lots of geometry. And, that's and uh, that also involved just colored clay and no paint. So it was just kind of a natural evolution for me to want to create mm -hmm. these earthy pieces without using paint. Yeah, Like I maybe making it out of a white clay and then painting it, which there are people who do that and the results are phenomenal. Phenomenal, yes. Ah! Yeah. You know, it's, it's, but this was just some weird goal I had. Mm -hmm. so. Well, you know, uh, kind of my mindset too, yeah. because I like polymer clay. I like mm -hmm. to play with polymer clay. The painting is really not my favorite not your, thing. Not your no, thing. No, not my thing yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, Elaine Tucker is saying hi. Hi. James Carnes is saying gorgeous. Uh, Bree is saying, Jenna, I love the mushrooms. Do you carve the gills by hand or use a texture sheet? I use my hand and a blade. A hand and my, a blade. My hand and a blade is what I use to, to get the gills. And I don't know how well you know, you're able to see those gills on the camera, mm -hmm. uh, especially with the white elm oyster mushrooms. Uh, those have a really interesting gill patterning on them and that might be what you're seeing. And that is from just by hand and it's these, uh, these white ones here uh -huh. on this backside are very heavily uh, uh, sliced. To yes. make it has an amazing pattern. texture, right? Uh, Diane Kelly saying hi, long time hi. no see. <laughs> Diane Kelly, yeah, hi, hi. <laughs> 
Now, well, let's talk a little bit about this big piece. So, yes. and I know you have a story around it, but yeah. how, how durable are these? Because I, right. I feel afraid of touching it. Yes, and, and my shtick, if you will, uh -huh. has been that I want to create things that look super delicate, mm -hmm. but uh, in reality are not, and okay. that are very durable. And uh, anybody who knows me, Diane, anyone who knows the way I work, it's the brand of clay that I use that I credit uh, for me being able to make a lot of the things that include these really fine, fine little grasses down in the pieces. The grass pieces, in this piece is amazing. They're just, you know, delicate, tiny little things and yet super durable. These things have gone around the world with me several times. And it's, uh, again, I use Cato brand clay and then I've developed some curing techniques that allow me to, um, to, to make that clay far stronger mm -hmm. and uh, a new um, uh, method I've come up with that I really am excited to begin sharing with people involves using sand uh, as a refractory um, uh, bed to lay your items in when you cure and it reflects the heat off onto oh. the piece oh. and makes it even stronger. So there are lots of things you can do. That's very cool. And so that's that's now, so that's why it is very durable. I'm familiar with the brand, but what do you like about it? I, I've never used it. I'm familiar, right. but I've never used that. Well, brand. I'll tell you what most people don't like about it, and uh -huh. and it's understandable is that um, it can be really hard to condition. Okay. Uh, so it's harder than FIMO. Yes, especially since FEMO has changed their formulation. Mm -hmm. Now, Cato has also changed theirs, and it is nowhere near as, as stiff as it used to be, but that's a reputation that's kind mm -hmm. of hard uh, for people to, to, to catch on. And so I really try and spread the word that, you know, email me anytime if you, if you want to try Cato and you want my uh, little tricks for mm -hmm. easily conditioning it. Conditioning it. Mm -hmm. um, and once that's done, I love it because it has a really uh, kind of a, a rubbery uh, body to it. So it doesn't pick up, say, fingerprints as, as quickly oh, really? because it has this bounce back thing. I say bounce back. Uh -huh. I don't know if that makes any sense. Um, so uh, anyway, that is that is the brand I use, That's and I'm, cool. I'm available anytime to answer questions about it, uh, uh, because it, it, while it may take a little bit more work initially, uh, once you you know learning how to best use this clay and, and condition it quickly, um, once that happens, it's you find it so worth it to be able to get the results that. Well, for me to be able to get the results I want. So in a piece like that, like mm -hmm. the big one, you could you could ship this piece if necessary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah? amazing. Yeah. yeah. Now you told me there's a story behind this piece, well, right? Well, it's it, yeah, and it's not anything, uh, you know, it's not a big story. But <laughs> I was story. I was up hiking and um, this and I was coming down the trail and mm -hmm. this piece of bark here. It, it, this is not clay. <laughs> the bark is a real piece of bark, and it had fallen um, on the ground, and I probably could get arrested for having decided that it needed to come home with me, but I did decide that. The, it's cottonwood bark, right? 
Uh, no, no, this is, um, I believe it's a fur. It's a fur. Oh. Uh-huh. And anyway, the minute I picked it up, I thought, oh, I need to do something. This calls for something cool. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, eventually I thought mushrooms, and it just started me down the path of making different mushrooms, all, all because of this piece of bark. That began the whole so, thing. So that piece started everything? It did. And these mushrooms are all patterned. They're all uh, as close as I can get, uh, mimicking very specific mm -hmm. mushrooms. So you'd have criminy mushrooms, uh, or um, criminy, uh, reishi, uh, shaggy mane, psilocybin, those are the ones anyone from the 60s knows about, and then white elm oyster mushrooms. Well, I know criminy oyster, and there was another one that is Psilocybin. Said. They're very good for your health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Mushrooms are very good for uh -huh. your health. They really are, and they're quite fascinating the more you learn about mm -hmm. them and how, you know, they speak to each other, basically, and they feed off of the, you know, the roots. Mm -hmm. And of this. it's a symbiotic relationship the mushroom has with whatever it is kind of feeding off of. Mm -hmm. And so they are really fascinating. Now, you started with that piece and that moved to jewelry and other pieces, right? Well, this started the piece with about the mushrooms. The this mushroom. started the mushrooms, and then it led me to this, and then I went to this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it just kind of is this evolutionary, mm -hmm. evolutionary thing with some little branches going off different directions. <laughs> yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about your, your uh, professional side. Mm -hmm. So how, do, how do, do you put your pieces in galleries, stores, bazaars? What's right. your process? You know, I have spent, my focus through, from the very beginning has been on teaching. Um, and that's what I just always knew instinctively that I wanted to do with this. And so I jumped right into teaching. Oh. And so by doing it that way, um, it, the benefit was that it really helped build me as an instructor mm -hmm. and I got to travel around the world and meet the best people ever. So many lovely people I love uh -huh. so much and they are, I always say I want to take everybody home with me in my back pocket so I can have, you know, they're all over the world. Uh -huh. <laughs> I want uh -huh. them here or uh, with me. Uh, anyway, um, so I began with teaching and by doing that I didn't really spend a lot of time making things to sell, mm -hmm. uh, except for to my students as I travel. Mm -hmm. And they have always supported me so well, and I'm, I'm really appreciate, appreciative of that. Um, uh, so it's only been in the last, well, I did, I did get my, uh, was contacted many years ago by the Boston Museum of Fine Arts, and they asked me, I don't know where they found my stuff, but <laughs> if I would put my things in there. And so mm -hmm. I am with them. And right now, that is really the only place I'm at. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm doing lots of them, like Utah Arts Festival and places like that. So you here. do some shows here? Since I've cut back on my teaching, mm -hmm. when I knew I was going to have two grandbabies coming, I knew I wanted to be home more because I was gone all the time for mm -hmm. 13 years. Yes. And so I really tried to change things a bit so I could stay closer to home. And so that is what, um, when I uh, started doing the arts festivals and 
when you got a hold of me, the timing was perfect because I was wanting to do something like this, and here you are, just minutes away from me. Yeah, so it's like, that, that's exactly Aah. what I thought. I can't believe she's the clouds here. opened and the sunbeam came down. It, it was perfect. It, it's amazing how yeah. Utah hosts an amazing portfolio of artists. Yeah. I mean, we have yeah. talent here. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing that you mentioned is that when you go and teach a class, usually the pieces you take with you will mm -hmm. sell. Mm -hmm. And I, I've been noticing more and more that a lot of uh, instructors doing this, yes. focusing on... Uh, because, of course, uh, yeah. you have a student, mm -hmm. they, are, they are excited. Yes. They like you or else they yeah. wouldn't be there, right? right. It's just right. natural that they right. want to take a piece of you right. with them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's a great it way to, to sell. It is. And... You know, for all the years that I've been uh, teaching and traveling, uh, that they, they supported me enough with that, my students did, mm -hmm. that I really didn't, other than the Boston Museum, other than that, I just really didn't need to go Anywhere many else. other places. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, students are always really supportive. And today, uh, of course, you're scaling down a little bit to, to be with your grandchildren. Yeah. But do you market yourself on social media? And if so, yeah. Brie wants to know your Facebook page. Um, if you have well, one. I do, and uh, I'm one. If, can she just put my name in, Jana Roberts Benson? Uh, I don't know that the URL for it. Okay, but if she puts but, there, yeah, she J A N A R O B E R T S. Are you in a, a other and social networks? Instagram and Pinterest, just new, <laughs> and I do have an Etsy shop. Okay, what's so, the name? And that is uh, Etsy. Uh, dot com backslash Jana Roberts Benson. Etsy.com backslash shop. Uh, you it's can put shop or I've found that if you just put the name the in name, it will go there okay. as well. Good. So if it doesn't work, put backslash shop dot Jana Roberts Benson isn't okay. or isn't another slash. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I have a few questions for you. Char sure. Charlotte Post saying hi. Oh, Diane hi, Kelly. <laughs> she posts such great. Hey, Charlotte Post. You post great stuff. In fact, I just was reading something of yours the other day. Good to <laughs> That's hear from awesome. You. Yeah. Uh, Diane Kelly is asking, how did you put the mushrooms on the wood? Did you put the bark in the oven? No. Uh, I made the, the mushrooms uh, independently and individually, and uh, I... I embedded a piece of wire in them that sticks out the bottom and it's a uh, quite thick wire it's 16 gauge and uh, it's embedded in the clay so it can't come out but it comes out the bottom of the mushroom and then uh, I drilled holes in the bark and so that uh, wire goes in and through the bark and I, I uh, kind of twist up the wire on the back of the bark. So it's held on there. Each one is held on and applied individually, individually after yeah. curing. Um, I will say this, though. Actually, that's, that's a good question. The, the, around each of the mushrooms, there's kind of clusters of um, moss-looking stuff. And that I cured with a heat gun after all of the mushrooms were applied onto the bark. I cured that with a heat gun. So that was cured right on the bark. Dangerous work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's only the beginning. I'm that not afraid to try anything. <laughs> so on average, how, uh, how many hours do you think you spent on that piece? Oh my goodness. Uh, that's, 
Gosh, I, I, I don't know that I could even add it up, but maybe, maybe a hundred. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it, because they're made in parts. Yeah. It's so hard to know because when I sat down and I made these, I was learning how to make the mushrooms at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it took me longer than it might have because I'm learning it as I go. Got it. Mm -hmm. And Diane is also commenting my granddaughter is getting married September 28th. Ooh, Any ideas about an Irish piece? We are all Irish. An Irish piece. Well, let's see. Well, I, I would say nature related. It yeah, would you go know, really and, and well. I think that, that uh, uh, you could do a sweet little shamrock and, uh, and some mushrooms uh -huh. together. Uh -huh. um, and you know, gosh, you should, you should also contact me because I would refer you to tutorials by a woman. She's Russian. Uh, that she makes very, very, re very realistic looking greenery. Mm -hmm. And you could probably, if she doesn't have a shamrock, you could probably alter her, her techniques. I think she sells the tutorials, alter her techniques, and a shamrock and some little mushrooms would be sweet. Sweet, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Jen wrote, Jenna, last night at the Las Vegas Polymer Clay Guild meeting, you were referred to as a guru of polymer clay. <laughs> You were there not long ago, I right? I was. I was. Yeah. I, uh, Lynn Ann Swarzenberg was teaching there, and I had um, gone to Las Vegas to meet with her because I knew she would be there. And it's our hood here, really. I mean, <laughs> we don't have many hoods here yeah. <laughs> to Salt Lake City. And so I went there and so we could spend a few days together seeing the flowers bloom in the desert yes, and stuff. Yes. And then I went uh, to Las to the she was teaching, of course, so I went to one day of the, their workshop and laid out by the pool and snoozed Ooh. while they all made pretty <laughs> things inside. I was so tired. I, I apologized to Rhonda, the host, because I said I was a dud, but I was so tired. <laughs> but yes, I was, I was there, and that That's was fun. really sweet to have been referred to as I was. Oh, uh, nice. I know what I know. I'm not afraid to experiment, mm -hmm. and, uh, and a lot of times I'm rewarded with cool stuff. Um, and in the experimenting, you just, you learn so much, you mm -hmm. know. True. Uh, yeah. I, I read a quote today that, uh, I think by Richard Branson, that success makes us happy, mm -hmm. but failure makes us grow. Mm -hmm. it's, it's everything. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. It's the truth. And I say that to students when I travel around a lot. I tell them, you know, they're always saying, how do you come up with so many new things? Because that's kind of been a thing. I, I be in the experimenting, I'm mm -hmm. able to come up with some different things. I'm lucky enough to be able to come up with some different things. And people always want to know, students always want to know, how do you do that? How do you always come up with new stuff? And, and I've learned that paying attention to the mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, when, I, when I first started claying and I would do something that I didn't like, I would just smush it up and put it into the scrap heap. And um, after a, you know, a few years of that, uh, I, was, I was doing something one time, and, and I didn't like it, crumpled it up, shoved it in the scrap pile, and, and I was just sitting there really kind of frustrated and, 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 and not motivated anymore because mm -hmm. it didn't work. And I kind of was sitting there, and I took I don't my, want to play with yep, you anymore. And I took my blade, <laughs> and I thought, what? 
if I just went like that <laughs> to, to that pile. Uh -huh. And the world the opened up. That changed the way I worked because what I saw just clicked something in my brain and it began my cut work series, which is a huge part, part of what I've, of my body of work is my cut work stuff. So, and so paying attention to your, uh, your mistakes and also, if you make something crappy, <laughs> uh, uh, don't, you know, set it aside. Uh, I have a whole tray that I put my things in that I don't like. Mm -hmm. Or it didn't, it didn't, I had a, thought I had a great idea, tried it, and it didn't work out so great. Mm -hmm. I have a tray where I put that stuff. And it may be five years later, but I'm working on something. And somehow I have this idea to do this thing whatever it is and when i get it done i'm like this seems really familiar to me <laughs> why why and i can go back at that tray and i can see where five years earlier i had messed with something but i wasn't ready for mm -hmm. it but then it comes so don't give up true never give up because yeah everything matters it all matters you know it's interesting because what you you the the back the story I heard is that you were in a moment of frustration mm -hmm. and you decided to try something without an, a, a specific end an in agenda. mind an agenda exactly Huge. and that Huge. changed a process of, mm -hmm. of of some of your best pieces right right and it and it began that change because it something in my brain I was doing something different mm -hmm. I wasn't forcing my agenda, I was doing the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And by doing the opposite of that, it, my brain worked differently. And yes. I found that that was a good way to work. Yes. So I do a lot of, uh, I don't look at anything as a mistake. I set it aside and know that somewhere back here in my head, behind <laughs> the scenes, little things are... <laughs> the little people are all working. The little people. <laughs> oh, the little people. Oh, I have a whole community here. <laughs> Yeah, right. Don is saying beautiful work. Thank you. Uh, Birdie, this is really interesting. And Bree, Jenna, would you please explain cut work? Ah, okay. Um, I'm going to direct the camera to one of my pieces if I can. And it's this little board here. And um, you can go to my website and you will find uh, examples. Uh, in the gallery, on, the, on my home page, it'll talk about the galleries and so that you can go to. And one of them is called Cut Work, and so you can see examples there. We're going um, to get it to give a good close-up on that piece oh, for you. Oh, okay, if you wanna do that. Where I'm going is right over to this little green, This there you go. Yeah. You can see here in this piece, if I hold it this way, look at the dimension oh of that. Oh my gosh, look at that. Um, those little towers and that is one representation of my cut work, but I'm gonna rotate this just a little bit. The camera can stay right where it is. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought I could, I thought I could. This little twig right here, there we go. The twig. Yeah, that is also weirdly um, an example of cut work as well, uh, this bark. I used some interesting cutting techniques to mm -hmm. make that bark. So cut work involves a whole lot. The strata, the white strata I talked about earlier, I'll go ahead and set this down now. Um, the white strata in the brooch pin, 
that we talked about earlier that was shown. The third, the pin on the far. Yeah, yeah, right. there you go. And yes. it's this uh, white, there you go. That strata is also a variation of my cut work. So it embodies, that name, a title embodies a lot of different techniques. But like I say, if you go to janarobertsbenzen.com, you will find uh, my, in my galleries a cut work page. And, and since you're there, can you also show the back of one of the white mushrooms? Because I think that's worth oh, right. showing. It's uh, one of the big uh, white mushrooms. Yeah, I don't know how. No, she, she oh, will, oh, right here. Yeah, yes, she can. She Got will, it. She I'm can sorry. Put the yep, there. yep, yep, yep. It will go Just there. Just give sorry. us a second. It's work, guys, because it's amazing, the details. And because it's white, many times, yeah, you, you know, with see. the camera, you can't right. see. So we are going to right. give you a good look at that. And it, they really look like those. Uh, and it's really fun. You get these little torn edges. And this is one of the things we'll be learning in my, in my workshop but, or in my uh, course. But the edges of the, the white elm oyster Okay, so now I want uh, you guys to show uh, the, the necklace as a whole because you have seen parts of it. You can leave it there. Okay. Uh, so you, you saw details of that. And now I want you to see the whole thing because it, oops, it's very, very, very cool. There you go. Let's show. Oh, fell again. It doesn't yeah. want to stay there. But there. Oh, now I'm, you, I'm we can see it. well. I, I'm we holding can see it. That yeah, well. There you go. It's just made. I called this. What did I call this? Uh, uh, but but it's just very, lots of different very, uh, organic, organic nature pieces. And uh, I think it fell. Oh, did okay. it? Okay. Well, we'll fix that for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so guys, uh, if you have any final questions for Jenna, this is a perfect time to send it out. Tell me a little bit about prices now. How, yes. how do you sell your work? You know, pricing is always the most difficult part. Mm -hmm. um, and, and everybody, I think... Oh, your microphone pointed for your mouth. There you is go. That, is that what I'm I doing think wrong it's right okay. there? Maybe. I think we're fine now. <laughs> they, they will yell at me. They, okay, not. yell at me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at this stuff. <laughs> no, you are. You're fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So tell me, tell me so, how you price so your things. So pricing, uh, is this good? Um, it's, it's tough. Um, I typically will just decide on the hourly wage that I kind of feel like I want to be making okay and then try and keep track of how much time it makes me t takes me to make a certain item mm -hmm. and and take that into and then you know I may then look at how many hours it took me and see that that item would be a thousand dollars and so I say ah no <laughs> I can't do that so I'm mm -hmm. gonna have to knock something off there uh -huh. but but typically that's how I try to do when I'm working with production okay pieces and making items to sell is to you know decide what I feel like my time is worth per hour and then you know people need to remember if they're selling their items to uh, be sure to build in cover everything you know if you're trying to do this to to um, to make an honest little living um, you know, it's easy for us to discount our worth, the worth of the things that we make. Mm -hmm. sure. And um, 
I'm grateful for my sons because they're the ones who are always trying to get me to make sure that I get what I need to out of my pieces. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Because I know there are many polymer clay artists out there mm -hmm. uh, thinking, no, I, ca I can't sell at bazaars at the end of the year, mm -hmm. but I can never make a living out of that. Do you mm -hmm. think it's possible? Well, it's a lot of work. And uh, in 2019, I'm not sure that it is super realistic. Um, uh, you know, probably you could if you lived with another person who could help pay the rent. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it would certainly help augment an income. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. We got a lot of wows when you were showing your, your necklace. Uh. And Charlotte is saying, Jenna, love playing with your cane ants I got years ago. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How many years that ago? That was a long time ago. Oh, really? Because I don't think I've seen Charlotte in many years. Oh, look at that. So, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> How is that old, old Cato? Oh my gosh, oh. it's probably pretty hard. <laughs> Uh, hi from Phoenix, stunning. You might, uh, you must have gotten my share of patience. <laughs> uh, who said this? Well, it's a guest, so I oh, don't have oh, the name. Oh, but oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, um, I always say that I have patience for this, mm -hmm. and uh, this, and it surprises me because there are a lot of things I don't have patience for. But it's taught me patience for mm -hmm. other things, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I kind of am one of those. I'll do anything for my art, anything to get the result I want. I want. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, you you told me that you love to teach, right? Yes. And I have to tell yes. you guys that Jenna is coming to Kira's Mondo, and we have the registration already for her. So take a look. Go to upcoming courses at curiousmondo.com, and as usual, you will be able to see the whole live stream for free. That's nine hours that you can watch and interact with Jenna. Are you excited about that? I'm so excited. <laughs> it's the first time I've done anything like this, and I've wanted to. So again, uh -huh. your timing was like, impeccable. Yeah. <laughs> really good timing. I'm so happy to be here. It's it's going to be really fun. I, I, rem I don't remember how I found you the very first time, but I remember that I saw Salt Lake, and I said, it's not possible! <laughs> well, it's and, and then when I was in Las Vegas at yes. the uh, Vegas uh, workshop we were just talking about, uh, somebody there, Jan, I think it was? Yeah, Jan Rose. She's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. an ambassador she said, here. Oh, yeah. you know... You're in Salt Lake. You know who you need to get in touch with. You need to talk to Shahar. And I said, guess what? <laughs> We're talking. Already did. She got hold of me. So That's fun. Kismet. <laughs> yes. It's so impressive. And then one or two weeks later, we were in Vegas with Jen and yes. a lot of other people yeah. because of the glass show. You're right. And NAB. Right. So, right. yeah, it, the universe always goes in your favor. Yeah. We tend to say, no, I don't want this way. Yeah. I don't want this. Yep. But yep. things work out. Yeah. You just hang on for the ride. So, so in this course, we are going to cover your organic pieces, the mushrooms, yes. correct? Yes. Tell, tell me a little bit what you plan to be doing. Well, we are going to be learning uh, five different kinds of mushrooms. And so um, each one of them gets set up, I guess I should say, a different way. So mm -hmm. you'll learn with each one a different type of technique. They're not Fantastic. made the same way. Mm -hmm. um, they all have some unique um, um, methods involved. And 
The beauty of this kind of thing is learning something new, even one new little mm -hmm. thing can can explode, yes, yeah. right? So that's how what we will do, and so we will be doing again the the criminy, the reishi, the shaggy mane, uh, white elm oyster, and psilocybin mushrooms, and yes. uh, we'll learn how to use caning with this. We'll learn how to use some really interesting slicing techniques. And oh, the little tool that you're going to learn to use, you've probably all seen it every time you go to a, a, a supermarket. <laughs> and uh, there's a little tool that um, I'll turn you on to. This and it's so much fun because it, that, that's one of those things that made my world explode. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, the moment world. they see, wow, the yeah, things yeah. I can oh, make with this. I'm still learning too. So. Uh, LV Sinclair is saying, hi, Jenna. I am new to this. Yes. You're talking about canes. What is a cane? Oh, boy. Oh, boy, hon. So my, my, uh, I will give you a really quick rundown on what a cane is, and then I'll give you some uh, terms to Google, and you'll see some great uh, examples. Uh, when we say a cane, we're referring to what's called a millefiori cane. Uh, Millefiori is a technique that let's uh, have you imagine sushi and how sushi is all laid out in such a way that when you cut that, that roll, you get the same design with each slice. Well, Millefiori is that concept and it began uh, back in uh, thousands and thousands of years ago in Egypt uh, when it was, and, and they were making millefiori canes with earth, with earthen clay. And so they would get different colors of earthen clay and shape it by hand into these shapes so that when you picked that loaf up and looked at it from the end, you saw a design that was often, say, a profile of their emperor or something like that. So there are chips of those in museums and it's fascinating to see. And then the Italians are the ones who started doing it in glass. So they would take rods of glass in the shape of a drinking straw, mm -hmm. arrange them around so that when you look at the bundle from the end, you would see, say, a flower or something. Mm -hmm. uh, then it's warmed up and stretched and sliced and you have these little glass chips. Uh, so millefiori means thousand flowers in Italian and that's how we get the name. Well now we do it with polymer clay and so we can take different colors of polymer clay and shape each in individual pieces into different certain shapes like the puzzles, uh, the pieces of a puzzle almost, that when we put them together and you look at them you see a design, whatever your mind can conjure. Uh, if you will look at just uh, Google millefiori caning polymer clay you're going to yes <laughs> and it's addicting right it is addicting. yes it, it, is, it is, addicting. is it is i don't have anything here right now really uh in the pieces that i brought mm -hmm. with me that show millefiori caning but you'll see some fabulous examples and polymer clay is just a wonder uh, it's like the perfect medium for that uh, technique, the technique of millefiori. Yes, and, and later when we are done, go back to creativityinfocus.com and we have an interview with a local artist, glass artist, where oh. she actually does the, the Murano and she goes to Italy oh. every single year and she makes amazing pieces wow. out of wow. glass. And Lisa Pavelka also in her interview oh. talked a little bit about the cane, so she do did. take a look. Yeah. 
Uh, Angie Hermans uh, has a comment. Hey, Angie. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> it is difficult to calculate the price for a piece you've made yeah. when you you have loved every minute of the process. Right. It's like being paid for playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Ginny is asking, what is your favorite, uh, what is the favorite piece you've ever made? I would have to say the little piece with the pine cone that uh, you were, had seen here on the camera earlier. Um, that I, I joke that it's my baby and that I take it and I, uh, wrap it up at night and rock it to sleep because I adore that piece. <laughs> this so, one? With yeah, the, with the, I with love the, the pine cone. Is yeah, it was, that was, a, that was just one of those flukes. So, yeah. <laughs> Hi from Phoenix uh, is saying excellent history and explanation. Thank you. Now, uh, Jenna is asking about the Cato clay and you know in, the, in class we don't mention right. brands, right? right? So I'm assuming you're going to use that brand yes. for the class. Yes. Are there any special colors that is a must for them to have if they want to follow along? Oh, really good question. And the, um, the great thing about this workshop is that um, you don't need a lot of different colors of clay. Oh. Uh, I, I ask students to bring white uh, and uh, translucent and black and then some yellow and magenta, little little tiny bit of yellow and magenta. And I think that if you don't have Cato clay but you want to, you know, course do the mushrooms um, you can use the brands that you would like uh, I get I, I, I get a better result all of the cutting that I do uh, all of the maybe making those gills on the back of the oyster mushrooms that I talked about um, those will be a little easier to do in Cato clay because it has such a as I've said a kind of a rubbery and uh, not sticky mm -hmm. uh, consistency and it has a really great body um, sometimes if the clay is a softer brand like Primo, which is gr a fantastic clay, um, but it might, the blade might get a little sticky mm -hmm. as we work with it. But it certainly can be done and I will give people tips during this, the course as to how to work with other brands if they're running into, awesome. into issues. So I would say black, white, translucent. Some, some magenta, some yellow. Some, a little magenta, a little bit of yellow uh, and some green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, the green. Always green. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. Any final words, Jenna, for people that are thinking about trying polymer clay and starting this journey? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in it all, from my view, anybody who's been interested in it is addicted once they they start doing it yep. because it the. I always say it's like uh, the earth and how, you know, m mythologically the earth is a ball of clay <laughs> that was formed and shaped and we were too. And so I say it's the ultimate creative medium mm -hmm. because it's a nothing that you can turn into some pretty fantastic stuff. And it's so rewarding to be that kind of creator mm -hmm. where you take a ball of a lump and make it into something. The rewards are so great, and I think that's probably why it's so addictive. Yeah. So I would say it doesn't hurt to buy a few blocks of clay and a roller and 
and look up some really simple tutorials mm -hmm. and, and get started. It'll go from there. Yeah. 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 It, it's really, it's unbelievable. If there is a medium that you can say endless possibilities, yes. I think the polymer clay really fits true. that category. It's really true. And there is something really gratifying for me about being able to work in dimensionality. Mm -hmm. uh, I just do much better. I'm much more creative if I can work in dimension than say flat. Yes. So yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. That's why painting is not for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I am really excited. Uh, Hi from Phoenix is saying I am not a polymer clay person, but I'm gonna be for this <laughs> show. Yeah. Yay. It's going to be addicting. It's a new journey. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Once and more, if people want to know more about you, where can they go? Uh, well. Uh, my my website has a little about me page and and so forth and if you go on to um my etsy shop and poke around i've got some little stories in there and uh if you google me you'll see stuff everywhere and some interviews i've done um if anybody is interested in learning more say about Cato Clay, I did an interview with the, the Greek Polymer Clay Guild when I was there, and that's up on the internet. You just put Jana, Greece, mm -hmm. Cato, you know, you can learn from that. So that's, that's where great. you can learn more about me and see my work. That's awesome. And the class that, you know, I do, I do not want anybody, if you're a, a beginner and just learning, get your hands in there. But the course I'm teaching, I really, really try to be all inclusive mm -hmm. so that anyone from beginner to uh, advanced, do we'll it. get something if the beginner will get yes. their fingers in there and learn the clay a little bit before. That's awesome. I can't Thank wait you. for that. And the dates are August 19, 20, and 21st. Uh, I can wait for that. We already have the registration page. And remember, the course you can watch for free the whole course. So why not? That's a great <laughs> chance of of being here, being with Jenna, asking her questions, interacting, and helping shape everything. This is how we like, right? It's it like clay. Like we fun. all touch yep. and build something out yep. of that. And yep. that's what's it's so fun. Great. Yes. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for thank being you. here with us and, and of course, interacting with us. This is a podcast, which means that it stays whatever it is, plus all the podcast directories. So if you know of somebody that could be inspired by Jenna, this is a fantastic opportunity for them to say, hey, come and watch this podcast. It's really amazing. There is this artist that makes this unbelievable mushrooms <laughs> and organic pieces come on over you never know that by inspiring somebody you may be changing change their life. lives change don't you think life. changed mine <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly yeah. so do that and i'll see you back here next week thank you so much